Hey everybody, welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Podcast. I'm your host, Logan. Today is day number 46, and today we're going to be looking at Leviticus chapter 8 to chapter 10. I'm excited to get started, but before we do, let's pray. Lord, we see in your word here today that details matter to you. Lord, we want to get the details right in our day-to-day lives. We trust in Christ for our salvation, but Lord, that's not enough. We want to live our lives unto you day by day, minute by minute. God, we want to hand over our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you. Help us to see in your word today that you have a plan and an intention for our worship. As you said to the Samaritan woman in John 4, you want your worshipers to worship in spirit and in truth. Oh God, we come to you today through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells us and ask that you would open up our eyes to see truth in your word so that we may worship in that truth. God, take away the distractions of our heart, remove anything in us that is sinful, draw to our minds the actions and the attitudes that we have held in affront to you so that we might hand them over in confession and repentance so that we may walk forward in our lives in holiness before you. Unite our heart to fear your name. You are a mighty and holy God and it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So as we come to you today, we seek to come to you as our Father, as you have welcomed us into the family. But we also recognize your mighty power as the creator of all things, as the sovereign Lord of the universe. And we humbly bow before your throne. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go with Leviticus chapter 8 to 10. I've got my English Standard Version open. I hope you've got your Bible. If you don't, go grab it off the shelf real fast. Go. You can go get it now. All right. Here we go. Let's get started. Chapter 8. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments and the anointing oil and the bull of the sin offering, and the two rams and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the congregation was assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Moses said to the congregation, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put the coat on him and tied the sash around his waist and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him and tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod around him, binding it to him with the band. And he placed the breastpiece on him, and in the breastpiece he put the Urim and the Thummim, and he set the turban on his head, and on the turban, in front, he set the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil, and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it, and consecrated them. And he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times, and anointed the altar and all its utensils, and the basin 
and its stand to consecrate them. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and clothed them with coats and tied sashes around their waists and bound caps on them as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he brought the bull of the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull of the sin offering, and he killed it. And Moses took the blood and with his finger put it on the horns of the altar around it and purified the altar and poured out the blood at the base of the altar and consecrated it to make atonement for it. And he took all the fat that was on the entrails and the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys with their fat, and Moses burned them on the altar. But the bull and its skin and its flesh and its dung he burned up with fire outside the camp, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he presented the ram of the burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and he killed it, and Moses threw the blood against the sides of the altar. He cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burned the head and the pieces and the fat. He washed the entrails and the legs with water, and Moses burned the whole ram on the altar. It was a burnt offering with a pleasing aroma, a food offering for the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he presented the other ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and he killed it. And Moses took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then he presented Aaron's sons, and Moses put some of the blood on the lobes of their right ears, and on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet. And Moses threw the blood against the sides of the altar. Then he took the fat, and the fat tail, and all the fat that was on the entrails, and the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys with their fat, and the right thigh. And out of the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened loaf, and one loaf of bread with oil, and one wafer, and placed them on the pieces of fat, and on the right thigh. And he put all these in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and waved them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then Moses took them from their hands, and burned them on the altar with the burnt offering. This was an ordination offering, with a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. And Moses took the breast, and waved it for a wave offering before the Lord. It was Moses' portion of the ram of ordination, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil, and of the blood that was on the altar, and sprinkled it on Aaron and his garments, and also on his sons and his sons' garments. So he consecrated Aaron and his garments, and his sons and his sons' garments with him. And Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the flesh at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and there eat it and the bread that is in the basket of ordination offerings, as I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it. And what remains of the flesh and the bread you shall burn up with fire. And you shall not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting for seven days until the days of your ordination are completed. For it will take seven days to ordain you. As has been done today, the Lord has commanded to be done 
to make atonement for you. At the entrance of the tent of meeting, you shall remain day and night for seven days, performing what the Lord has charged, so that you do not die, for so I have been commanded. And Aaron and his sons did all the things that the Lord commanded by Moses. Chapter 9 On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel, and he said to Aaron, Take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And say to the people of Israel, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both a year old, without blemish, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. And they brought what Moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Draw near to the altar, and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering, and make atonement for yourself and for the people, and bring the offering of the people, and make atonement for them, as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron drew near to the altar, and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron presented the blood to him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it on the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver from the sin offering he burnt on the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. The flesh and the skin he burnt up with fire outside the camp. Then he killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons handed him the blood, and he threw it against the sides of the altar. And they handed the burnt offering to him, piece by piece, and the head, and he burned them on the altar. And he washed the entrails and the legs, and burned them with the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering, and took the goat of the sin offering that was for the people, and killed it, and offered it as a sin offering, like the first one. And he presented the burnt offering, and offered it according to the rule. And he presented the grain offering, took a handful of it, and burned it on the altar, besides the burnt offering of the morning. Then he killed the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings for the people. And Aaron's sons handed him the blood, and he threw it against the sides of the altar. But the fat pieces of the ox and of the ram, the fat tail, and that which covers the entrails and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver, they put the fat pieces on the breasts, and he burned the fat pieces on the altar. But the breasts and the right thigh Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord as Moses commanded. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them, and he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Chapter 10 Now Nadab and Abihu, 
the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphon, the sons of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brothers away from the front of the sanctuary and out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, Do not let the hair of your heads hang loose, and do not tear your clothes, lest you die and wrath come upon all the congregation. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning that the Lord has kindled. And do not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Drink no wine or strong drink, you or your sons with you, when you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common, and between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his surviving sons, Take the grain offering that is left of the Lord's food offerings, and eat it unleavened beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat it in a holy place, because it is your due and your son's due from the Lord's food offerings, for so I am commanded. But the breast that is waved and the thigh that is contributed, you shall eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you, for they are given as your due and your sons due from the sacrifices of the peace offerings of the people of Israel. The thigh that is contributed and the breast that is waved, they shall bring with the food offerings of the fat pieces, to wave for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be yours and your sons with you as a due forever, as the Lord has commanded. Now Moses diligently inquired about the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burned up. And he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the surviving sons of Aaron, saying, Why have you not eaten the sin offering in the place of the sanctuary? since it is a thing most holy and has been given to you that you may bear the iniquity of the congregation to make atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, its blood was not brought into the inner part of the sanctuary. You certainly ought to have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. And Aaron said to Moses, Behold, today they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and yet such things as these have happened to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would the Lord have approved? And when Moses heard that, he approved.
Leviticus chapter 8 and 9 describe the formal beginning of the priesthood and the sacrificial system. Uh, In Leviticus chapters 1 through 7, we saw the rules for the sacrifices that would now be expected once the tabernacle was up and operating. And the process for ordaining Aaron and his sons as priests was laid out all the way back in Exodus chapter 28 and 29. Uh, But at that point, the tabernacle hadn't even been built yet. So in a sense, these chapters in Leviticus continue the story that left off at the end of Exodus, uh, and Yahweh commanded the ordination of the priests there in Exodus chapter 40. Here in Leviticus chapters 8 and 9, Moses is following the command of God and following the detailed procedures that are laid out in Exodus chapters 28 and 29. For seven days, Aaron and his sons go through these procedures to be consecrated to the service of the Lord. And then what we see in chapters 9 and 10 are all taking place on the eighth day, the first day that Aaron and his sons are released to do the work that they have now been consecrated to do. And I love the picture here that in chapter 9, we see that the first sacrifice that Aaron actually completes in verse 8 is a calf. You'll remember, this is the same Aaron who in Exodus 32 had created the golden calf at the prodding of the people. But now in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 8, it says, Aaron drew near to the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. Aaron was the one that created the calf, yet he was also the one that killed the calf for the offering for his own sin. And then here, at the end of this consecration ceremony, the end of eight days, Aaron lifts up his hands toward the people, and he blesses them, and God sends his glory and his fire out from the temple to consume the burnt offering. God's divine presence becomes a visible manifestation of power, and it comes and it consumes the burnt offering and the fat all on the altar. And the people saw it and they worshiped. Finally, here today in Leviticus chapter 10, we see the continuation of this same day Here on this eighth day, after they had been ordained to the priesthood, Nadab and Abihu, Aaron's eldest sons, two of the people who went up on Mount Sinai to hear from the Lord, this same Nadab and Abihu are struck dead. Aaron and his other two sons are forbidden to even mourn for them. This is one of those Old Testament stories that sometimes gives people a bit of heartburn. The priesthood looked really promising for Nadab and Abihu. God had set them apart to serve as priests. They had been prepared extensively. They're dressed in fresh robes and sashes. The blood from the ordination sacrifice was probably still crusted on their ears and their thumbs and their toes. They had just seen the glory of God come out of the temple in fire and consume the burned offering. However, their ordination process lasted much longer than their actual service. 
And there's lots of questions about what this strange fire is. My personal opinion is that they had taken these coals into a censer and put the incense in the censer here and were offering up the incense out in the court instead of where the incense was supposed to be offered in the holy place on the altar of incense. Uh, and so they were either just not doing the thing that they were supposed to, or they could have potentially been offering a sacrifice up that mirrored some kind of pagan practice that they had seen in Egypt. Whatever the case is, we recognize that they did not do what they were supposed to do, and they paid for it dearly. And stories like this are included in Scripture to instruct us so that we might pause and ponder what we might learn from their fiery death. The first thing I think that we can see from this is that if you read this story and you think, oh, wow, God really went overboard here. That was such a small sin. I'm going to stop you right there. There are no small sins. God was completely just in incinerating them for this sin. We see small sins, quote-unquote, costing people dearly all throughout the Bible, whether it's eating a forbidden fruit or looking back at a destroyed city or striking a rock, touching the Ark of the Covenant, or lying about real estate withholdings. There are no small sins against a holy God when we forget about God's holiness, sin often seems trivial. But God is an all-consuming fire who dwells in inapproachable light. God is holy, and our sin is just that serious. So that should lead you to ask, are there some small sins that you've grown comfortable with in your own life? Maybe it's a small sin that you look at and think, well, I guess if God didn't like it, he would have struck me dead already. However, Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says, Don't you recognize that the kindness of God shouldn't lead you to continue in sin? Rather, it should lead you to repentance. Don't confuse the mercy of God with his approval of your small sin. Also, it should be clear to us that the way we worship matters to God. Nadab and Abihu went rogue and did what God had not commanded them. Now, they may have had well-intentioned hearts, but that didn't matter. I wonder about our churches today. In many of them, we prize our creativity and our cultural relevance, and I wonder if there aren't a few people offering strange fire before the Lord. Biblical illiteracy in the modern church leads many well-intentioned worshipers to worship the spirit of this age rather than the spirit of God. And recognize here that Nadab and Abihu are not just bystanders. They are not worshipers. They are leaders. Being a leader doesn't exempt you from judgment. Rather, it enhances the judgments. Leaders are judged more strictly Nadab and Abihu are everything that you don't want in a priest. They minimized sin, they made up their own rules for worship, and their judgment 
should show us our great need for a priest who perfectly keeps God's law and always lives to intercede for us. We need a better priest than Nadab or Abihu, and we get it in Jesus. Jesus resisted even the smallest sin because he trusted his Father's word and was obedient to it at every turn. He didn't alter God's word, but he led people into rightly worshiping God. Jesus, the one who knew no sin, went outside the camp to be consumed for our sins. And he was raised to serve as the everlasting priest for all who trust him. It's easy for us to look at Nadab and Abihu and kind of shake our heads and wonder why they did the thing that they did. But in many ways, we are just like Nadab and Abihu. We have ignored God's commandments. We have covered over and acted flippantly about our small sins. And so as we consider Nadab and Abihu, I think we should take comfort in knowing that we too deserve to be consumed for our sins. But Jesus faced the flame of God's holy wrath so that we could be forgiven. And then at the end of chapter 10, we see Moses coming and being angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the surviving sons of Aaron, and he confronts them, probably afraid that God is going to do the same thing that he did to Nadab and Abihu. And I think in this, he's saying, remember that God is gracious to whom he is gracious and is merciful to whom he is merciful. Nadab and Abihu received the justice that they deserved. But here, Ithamar and Eleazar, they received grace and mercy. For what reason? Was it because they were clean? Was it because they did everything perfectly? No, they did things wrong just as Nadab and Abihu had. However, God was merciful to whom he was merciful and gracious to whom he was gracious. We are saved through the grace of God, not our works, not our perfect behavior, but through the grace of God that we receive in Christ Jesus. His perfection covers our imperfections. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to reading with you tomorrow. This is a beautiful book. This is actually one of the first books that Hebrew children would have been taught as they were learning to read uh, and being educated because it is so saturated with the holiness and the character of God. It saddens me that the book of Leviticus receives the kind of scorn that it does amongst the church today because it is such a fount of God's holiness, and we have forgotten it in this day and age. We need to return to God's holiness and recognize that he takes sin seriously. So until tomorrow, keep reading, keep beholding this God who is shown to be so holy in his word, and keep worshiping him.